Hi, my name's Shelley Flett. Welcome to the Dynamic Leader Podcast, where I share insights, experiences, successes, and failures with leaders from across a broad range of industries and business structures. I maintain that each of us needs to be open to sharing our experiences and making the leadership playground safe enough to fail, to grow, to have fun, and ultimately become more dynamic. So please sit back and enjoy. So to give some context for today's conversation before it kicks off, it is a little bit different than my normal podcasts in that I'm not the one who's interviewing someone, but rather I am the one being interviewed. Uh, My older sister, Narelle Burke, has uh, taken over the conversation um, and is uh, asking me some questions that are relevant to um, her and her leaders in Cantor. the first conversation that Narelle and I had um, back in 2021 was around this uh, concept called the mindset shift and really looking for possibilities and opportunities to grow not only in business, um, teams, communities, um, but also individually to new levels instead of being comfortable with the current or past successes. Uh, And so this conversation is 18 months on where we're now talking about growth mindset and, um, you know, surviving and thriving in the context of dealing with ambiguity. And uh, we talk about resilience, we talk about mindset, we talk about grit, um, we talk about mental wellness of leaders. It is specific to uh, and particularly relevant to Narelle's um, colleagues in Cantor, but it's also really, really helpful for the rest of the world to hear it. So she's given me permission to share it with you. And um, that's what today's conversation is about. So um, let's get started. Hi, Shelley. Um, I'm delighted to have you um, back and talking to our our leaders at Cantar. And so just to set the scene, Shelley is a fabulous author, leader, um, expert and coach. And she also just happens to be my fabulous sister as well. So hi, Shelley. Welcome to the call. Hey, Rel. Thanks for having me. It's weird saying that. <laughs> so I'm normally on uh, Shelley's podcast, so it's good for her to be doing this for us internally. Um, but I thought it was great to bring um, Shelley back in because when we first started um, at Cantar on our journey 18 months ago for the leadership revolution, it was all about how do we shift and change our mindset? Um, and we've been doing some reviews and workshops um, across the APAC region. I thought it was just really good to revisit 18 months on. So Shell, just a reminder, what is a growth mindset? Oh gosh. Um a growth mindset assumes that we are we're never done learning. It is um it's a constant journey, it's forever evolving, and that we don't ever assume ourselves to be perfect. And I think that's probably the key is you don't kind of achieve this perfection and then hold it. Um, that in itself is a fixed mindset when you get to this stage where it's like, yep, I'm the best at that. And now I'm not going to try anything else. And you kind of limit yourself. So growth mindset is that constantly looking for ways to improve, to learn from mistakes, to reflect on what you could do differently. And it's hard. It's really, it's kind of hard to to get into that space and stay there. And so, and we talk about that in terms of a growth mindset. There are times where you might struggle with that as well, but it's always um, that ability to be continually going back to it and going, what can I do new or different or try or what can I, you know, what have I taken away from that experience and and continually apply it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, um, it's, 
I think it's hard to stay in that growth mindset all of the time because it really does require you to constantly be looking at yourself. And so uh, I think if you're not, if you don't have high levels of self-confidence, that can be quite draining and and even um, be a little bit detrimental. So there's a bit that goes around that growth mindset um, to make sure that you're, you're looking after yourself and that you're best place to do it. Otherwise you could, you could, um, end up just spiraling into this space of, well, I'm no good at anything. You know, no one likes me. Everybody hates me. I think I'll eat some worms kind of thing. <laughs> a lovely, a lovely statement there. And, and, and I think so, so growth mindset, we know it's important. We know it's an important part when you're going through a transformation and journey and, and it's a key, you know, mindset shift in our leadership revolution. We're 18 months into our, our journey um, in terms of our leaders and we're coming up to the end of the year and it's a pressure to get everything done and to set up for, for next year. But also there's a lot of uncertainty. So if I think of coming out of COVID, I think if the journey that we've been on, um, we're still coming into an uncertain year. And so what would be your, you know, what would be your recommendations in terms of leaders going into next year and still continuing to have that growth mindset? What should they keep in mind? Well, that's so interesting because I remember when uh, I remember early on in my leadership career that um, you know how you have your your professional development goals each year and this is what we want you to focus on. I remember one of my leaders saying to me, Shelley, I think um, a really great focus for you for the next twelve months will be on dealing with ambiguity. Uh, and at the time, I had this you know high need for certainty. I really enjoyed living in a black and white kind of environment, and so even the idea of Shelley you know, working on dealing with ambiguity better would be a good idea for me was not clear. Um, and so that, you know, I immediately was like, well, tell me exactly what that means. And that's what I'll do, which kind of defeats the purpose. So I think when we're, you know, and, and that was something that was probably 15 to 17 years ago that I heard that. So the idea of dealing with uncertainty has not, it's nothing new. I think the amount of it now just really highlights our need to step into that comfort around the unknown and that there always will be a level of unknown. Um, and I think in order to maintain a growth mindset through ambiguous and uncertain um, times that we've got to continue to come back to self. And so continuing to come back to while I may not be certain about what's happening around me and I, I may not know what's coming, I'm very clear about what my capabilities are. I'm very clear about where I'm competent and where I where I have a need to improve. Uh, and I'm also open to um, exploring what are the skill sets, competencies, capabilities that are down coming up or coming through um, that I might need to place some attention on or just know. So I think I think a big part of it is um, shifting your attention internally to go, what is it that I actually represent? What are, what are my strengths? And really get to know yourself uh, well and to ask the people around you to give you some feedback on where your strengths are. Um, because I think once you've got them, you, you don't lose them. So that can be a really good thing to help take you through those uncertain periods. Um, but then it's about looking out. And when I say looking out, it doesn't mean just your organization. Cause while we may not know what's coming, if we look out globally, we, we can have, um, we, we can get a bit of an idea of what's happening. 
I'm lucky in Australia that we get, um, we kind of follow everyone else in the world. So for me to know what's coming, it is, well, what's happening in America, what's happening in Europe and the UK, what's happening in the Asian countries. Um, and, and then I get a little bit of an understanding of what's going to hit us here. Um, but I think regardless of where you are, it's just looking at, um, you know, just looking at media stories, you know, what are people talking about? Uh, what's the, um, the newest technology, what's the focus, where are the pain points? And, um, I don't think things are a big surprise. Like, even if I think about the pandemic, we kind of had an idea that it was coming. Like even when we had, didn't we have, I don't know, you're probably better at with knowledge around this than I am, Narelle, about, um, you know, there was a, a few outbreaks of, um, is, it, is it SARS? I'm trying to think. Yeah. Um, where yeah, it where it was, oh, this could go one way or another. And even just the idea of it allowed us to go, well, I wonder what happens, what would happen if. Um, and so, you know, when the pandemic did kind of, kick off um, it happened quite quickly but we got a little bit of notice well particularly here in Australia I, I remember sort of seeing it at the end of 2019 it didn't kind of affect us until March um, 2020 so we got a good level of notice before we were impacted by it um, but you can see it coming so I think it is um, the it, it's just awareness it's going out broadly and just being aware you don't have to do anything about it you don't have to worry yourself but just be aware of it so that you can start to see things coming through and you can start to make um some I just even put some thought process around the what ifs um, and and just explore that I think that creativity around what might happen here um, which can be a little bit of fun it can be a little bit daunting too depending on your how much you like change and um, the things that are outside of your control. So, and I think there's there's such a wealth of information, um, you know, in that response shell. So if I if I come back to it and think about growth mindset in times of uncertainty, it is coming back into understanding yourself and how you respond in that environment and those things that you can control which are internal or external to you how do you go about that and be really clear on who am I how am I going to lead through this what are the things that I need to pay attention to to ensure I keep that growth mindset and then also looking out and I think what you've just been talking about is you need to look at horizons what's going to happen between now and the end of the year what might happen into next year or more broadly and what are some of the scenarios that I can put into place to start to sense check that and just keeping that awareness outside, um, which, which I don't know that we, we do enough of that. We tend to be surprised when things come up as opposed to looking out and then looking at the decisions we make now to, to drive that as well. Or we have this overfocus on what's happening and we become these, you know, doomsday kind of, um, you know, yeah. preparing for the worst and, and that in itself is quite dangerous because it doesn't allow us to freely flow through whatever does eventually come our way. We, we can be quite fixated and just want to have certainty on this particular scenario. And so it's not about placing too much energy and worrying too much about those horizons. It's just, it's just this light level of awareness, but it's constant. 
Agreed, agreed. And so that's really, really helpful. And then just one thing that we've we've been talking about a little bit is, um, you know, over the last 18 months is this concept of resilience and, and you do a lot of work in this space with leaders, but that ability to be resilient when there are times of uncertainty or periods of uncertainty coming up, whether it's, you know, in your, you know, in your environment at home or whether it's in the in the business context. Um, but I've been starting to expand that thinking out a little bit and just wanted to, you know, position it um, with our leaders, which is this concept of grit. So we know that change is going to be constant. In our environment, we know that change is going to accelerate. We know that there are going to be things that we have to address coming up on the horizon. And this whole concept of being um, persevering and being passionate about growing during this period of time, which is this, um, you know, which is this um, perseverance, persistence over time to achieve a long-term goal, which is called grit, which is um, a, a key part of successful leaders. But what are your thoughts around, you know, creating resilient leaders, but also this concept of grit as well, Shell? Oh, I do love grit. Um, I feel like it's, <laughs> it's a fibre for the mind um, in terms of a, a healthy, balanced diet. Um, so I do run, um, I, I run resilience training programs, as you know, and I, um, you know, focus on a couple of different things. So I focus on what's your mindset. And again, this all comes back to what's within my control. So you know, I'm focusing on mindset. What, how am I showing up and, and what does that actually mean? Um, it's the, is my internal dialogue conducive to what, what, what I want my external environment to be? And if not, how do I, how do I change that and looking at strategies um, for that? Uh, but also it's this um, preparedness, you know, have I, do I have the, the energy reserves to persevere or persist through something um, generally at a time where I'm not ready for it, but do I have those reserves in place? And that's where, um, you know, I think health and wellbeing and looking at our whole lives is really important. It's, am I getting enough sleep? Am I eating the right food? Am I exercising? Do I have um, really good um, family and social and intimate connections with people so that, you know, I've got that support because we can't do it alone. Um, very much around connection and, you know, community and how important that all is. Am I taking time to um, reflect? I think one of the biggest challenges to our resilience right now is our lack of time to reflect, you know, where our attention's constantly being hijacked by certain things that we just don't allow ourselves the space. Um, and even if we do create the space, we often hijack that with, you know, different thoughts or um, priorities that get in the way. So, you know, really preparing yourself for what's to come comes down to having a really good routine. And I think you were the one you you said to me years ago about, um, you know, starting your day with exercise and how exercise was a fundamental part of it. And I think I said to you, how do you, how do you keep, keep doing your exercise when you've got all this stuff going on, you know, working really long hours and traveling and all of that kind of thing. And, and you said to me, I can't get through my day without this. Uh, and, you know, I took that on and I was like, you know, how is this going to improve? And I, um, I'm exercise mad now. Um, again, like it, 12 years, I had a 12 year hiatus um, when the kids were younger and I am back into exercising and I've completely adopted your approach of, I cannot, I cannot be at my best and function properly throughout my day if I if I don't start my day with some kind of exercise and preparation. So I think knowing what preparedness looks like for you individually and then going for it 
And if you're preparing or if the way you're preparing your days and your weeks and your months ahead isn't working, then maybe take a leaf out of someone else's book. Um, you know, I'm not too proud to say that um, I looked at you and I looked at how functional you were and I was like, I want to do that. So, you know, sometimes it's about finding a role model to be able to, you know, um, mirror that off. Um, but the other one around um, resilience is perspective. So I, I find that we hold, I find that we put a lot of energy into what we think other people are thinking or what we think other people's intentions were. I think we put, put a lot of um, energy into judgment, into criticism, into, um, you know, condemning someone for something that they've done without really looking at what's the positive intent behind what they're doing. And so perspective, I find for me was probably the most powerful thing from a resilience perspective because I let go of a lot of stuff and the amount of energy you get back when you let go is it's just priceless it really is and so rather than approaching the world like everyone's out to annoy me it is everyone's out to kind of do their best and to be their best and everyone's well intended and I really I do hold that very um, closely to me now and it serves me quite well you know of course sometimes people do things that aren't great but usually it starts from a good place and you know they get lost along the way or or you know things happen and they they feel compelled to do to act in ways that aren't necessarily great but but holding the there's a positive intention behind thing most things that people do um is, is really helpful um and then it's that Am I doing, am I persisting through discomfort? So what is my tolerance to discomfort? Um, which, you know, we talk about grit. I think it, I think it builds up. Uh, I think for you and I, it was um, go milk the cows, you know, go milk the cows once a week. Okay. Now go milk the cows once a day. Okay. Now go milk the cows twice a day. You don't like it. Ah, uh, too bad. Go milk the cows anyway. Um, and so I think we were lucky because we had the, we had help from our parents to say kind of doesn't matter that you don't want to do this or you don't like it. The cows need to be milked. Uh, and, you know, having breastfed three children, I totally get why cows need to be milked twice a day. <laughs> um, so, you know, being being pushed or pushing yourself through things but gradually letting that build up um, I think is um, really important. Um, and then the final component is people. Um, surround yourself with people who, what I say, surround yourself with people who elevate and inspire, not those who criticize and diminish. Um, so for me, that's a huge one is, you know, who do I have to step back from in my life? Um, not switch off, but maybe just take a step back. Um, and I will, depending on how my levels of resilience are. So if I'm feeling quite low in resilience, there will be certain people who may not see me or hear from me for a while until I get through that. Whereas others I might really connect with um, quite regularly. So, you know, knowing your network and knowing who can help to inspire and elevate um, and knowing, you know, who to stay away from when you're feeling a little bit vulnerable, um, I think is really important. So they're kind of that, that's sort of the space that I work with in resilience. And Shell, there's just uh, so much powerful um, information within there. And I think, you know, for leaders who are coming up to the end of the year, who are feeling their energy levels and are feeling that, you know, they're in it and they're working in it, just taking that time to step back, to think about your mindset, to think about the things that you need to help you to be resilient through this time 
not only so that you can focus on yourself, but also so that you can focus on your team and help them through it as well. And just for context, Shelley and I grew up on a farm. And so um, a lot of grit was developed uh, through that experience as well as we go through. Um, and so I think as we, one of the things that you also mentioned, um, Shell, was around you know, health and health and well-being. And we just had Global World Mental Health Day, huge focus. And at Kantar, we, we had everyone take a day off just to have some time to reflect, to rejuvenate or just do nothing and watch Netflix. So um, up, to, up to people to do that. But I think one of the challenges for leaders is, you know, this piece which you talk about, which is the end. We keep adding things to what we expect of our leaders. So you need to lead and you need to manage and you need to network and you need to do clients and you need to do the operational experts and you need to deliver the revenue and you need to deliver the client growth and you need to think short term and long term and you need to balance that out. And you kind of step back from that and then you go and you really need to look after your team, your mental health and well-being as well as those of your team. And it's another ask that is important and we need to look at. But one of the things that's coming through is you know, we've asked our leaders to do that and haven't necessarily equipped them to think about how do you take on the mental load for your team when they're feeling that they're struggling and challenged in this space. So do you have any thoughts around that for our leaders? Well, I think that um, before a leader can be in service to others, they need to really um, make sure that they're looking after themselves. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that I'm working with a lot of leaders on now around all of the stuff that you just spoke about is um, stop doing the doing. I think up until the last couple of years, leaders have still uh, managed to get away with doing a little bit of the work. Um, and, you know, part of that comes through liking to achieve and liking to deliver. Sometimes it's because they feel like they're part of the team and they're connected with them and so that their team can see them doing all the hard work, et cetera. Um, but I think now it is, if you're a leader and you're still doing um, it'll be to your own detriment. Um, you don't have time for it. You don't have the room and you're not setting your people up for success. So really just saying, what is it that you need to start saying no to? Um, and I think there's a lot of people, not just leaders. I think there's a lot of people who really struggle with the concept of saying no, uh, who've tried it as a, no, I'm not doing that. Um, and so it is how do you say no without how do you say no without it doing any damage to your reputation to the brand to your relationships that you have and um, you know this is where I think trade offs come in to into it really well so um, it is you know if I get I, if I continue to get hey can you work on this hey we've got this priority we need to work on this one as well and this one's important and we've got now thirty things that are really important is to say what are the top five three to five things that you would like to deliver for the year. And it might be, you know, quite high level. Um, but what are the three things you choose? How does that align to our strategic direction? And be able to connect the what am I doing day to day with the what's the organization wanting to achieve over the next 12 months and really continually to connect, continue to connect the day-to-day -day with the for what purpose, which is that that broader um mission and, and that vision. Um, and so get really clear on what success looks like. Um, and, you know, when I talk about perspective, I think perspective is really important as well. When you get given, when you continue to get given things and you continue to say yes, 
then it's not your your manager's fault that they that you can't handle that. So, you know, I used to say to my team, I'm going to keep throwing things at you until you tell me to stop because I don't know what you're doing. And not only do I not know what you're doing, I, I knew at a high level what they were needing to do, but I didn't know what they were doing day to day. Not only do I not know what you're doing and I don't need to know what you're doing, um, but I don't know the capacity at which you work at. And so only you know the capacity. So, you know, I I can get through a lot of things um, in short amounts of time. I, I can, and in fact, the busier I am, the better I am at, at working through things. And so if you're that way inclined, when someone takes things away from me or they don't give me things because they're worried about it overloading me, they might actually be doing damage. So, you know, the conversation I would have with my leaders was, um, you know your capacity, you know what your optimum working level is. If you don't, let's work on that. But once you know what your optimal working level, your working environment is, have the conversations with people and see it as being an opportunity to really just let people know, this is what I can do. What are what are your preferences? What are your priorities? So rather than saying no to things, it is, this is what I am capable of achieving over the next however long which ones are the most important for you. So I'm not saying no to anything, but I'm giving you the ability to be able to set the priority for me um, or that maybe I make some suggestions and get your input. So I think I think that conversation is often missing. Uh, and I think that once leaders can do that with their managers, then I think they can use the same approach with their team. And so it's not a leader's responsibility to look after their team's health and well-being. It's a leader's responsibility to create the space for people to do that themselves. And leaders will continue to take on the responsibility while they're expecting others to take the responsibility on for their own health and well-being. So it starts with how do I start to look after and take control of my own health and well-being? And then once I figure that out, how do I then model that and give my team the tools and resources to be able to do that themselves? know for themselves and it's such an important conversation and and um there'll be debate around um what a leader's role is and I think the principles you've come back to which is we need to operate in an environment where we're having adult to adult conversations setting the right context and environment for people to be at their best, but allowing the individual to determine the capacity, the capability and where they're working at. And it may change and flex over time and having the right conversations to help support and coach and guide them when they're struggling with that. And I think that piece for me is we can be very paternalistic. We can step in and we can make assumptions about people without having those conversations. Mm. And I think the other piece you mentioned, which is really important, is leaders need to step back and create the space to help support and coach their people through this rather than doing the work and taking it off them and getting, you know, affecting their capacity and well-being and, and mental load as well. Mm. Um, and so I think there's some really important important pieces in their shell as, as mm. we go through, which is, you know, we add a more adult-to-adult conversations, less assumptions, more support and coaching. And not taking on... Um too much responsibility. I talk about this continuum of under-responsible and over-responsible and how so many leaders sit either at over-responsible or under-responsible. And I don't think it's a matter of sitting at either end, but finding this neutral space to go, in what context do I need to step back and let my people 
take responsibility for their own stuff, but also at what point do I need to step up and say, actually, this is my responsibility and be really intentional about it. Because I think a lot of the time it, it just comes naturally depending on your level of nurture versus your level of, um, you know, wanting people to be autonomous and independent. Um, and, and I think that um, there's a balance. I, I think that you've got to be able to, to, you've got to be able to do over responsibility and you've got to be able to do under responsibility and you've got to be able to sit somewhere along that spectrum, depending on what the context is. And I think we don't take enough time to consider what is the context. And if I assume too much responsibility here, how might I be disempowering my people and creating this dependency on them, on me? Um, and also just stifle their growth, which also has impacts to their resilience and all this other kind of stuff is that how often do we actually sit back and say, what is my responsibility in this context doing to to my people? Yeah, really fascinating. And, Michelle, as always, it, it's so good to talk through this. So I think, you know, some really powerful information in here for our leaders um, and the whole purpose around this was to think about, you know, in our current environment and context, how do you continue to apply a growth mindset? What does that mean for you? And how do you support your team within that? As you're going through and we're going into periods of uncertainty, which are going to continue, how do you continue to build your resilience, whatever that looks like for you? And as you're doing that, just thinking about the role you play as leaders in terms of responsibility with your teams and helping them to support that as well. So absolutely wonderful to go through that, Shell, and just to think about growth mindset and grit as we, mm. as we go into the next um, 12 months. Any final words, Shell, before we close out? There is, there is one, like if, if people are, if leaders are feeling a little bit like, you know, where do I start with this? One of a really simple activity that you can do is write down this statement at the top of a, pay, a blank piece of paper. In the context of my career, what is important to me? And then list all of the things that are important to you in the context of your career. And then once you've exhausted everything that sort of comes up, then you start to put them in priority. So you give them a number, one to whatever, however many are on there. And then you look at your one to five and you say, am I actually getting this? Uh, because these end up being your career values. Are my top five being realized in my current role. And so what I find happens is sometimes people are, they feel like they need to be upset with where they're at in their role, but we do this exercise and they go, do you know what? My top five are actually being met. And it's good because things are, things are going well. And I now have a, a reason or I know why they're going so well. And that's really important. But the flip side is I have one or more of the things in my top five that are not currently being met and that's causing me some frustration or it's causing me to start to question things. And so what that does is says, well, what can you do about it? And so it gives you, again, some control around, well, what if my top five were to be met? What would that look like, sound like, feel like? And then I can make some adjustments from there. So when I'm working with leaders, that's often the first place that I'll start is let's let's look at what your top five career values are and whether you're um, meeting them or not. Because I can tell you, if you're meeting your top five career values, it won't matter what's to come. Isn't that interesting? And so if you want to know where to start, 
start with that question. We're coming up to the end of the year. And um, so it's timely to think about your career and your goals. And it's one of our focus um, for our extended leadership team is ensuring that we're supporting you on that journey. Shelley, I can't thank you enough. It's a fabulous way to spend a Saturday morning catching up with you in this space. Words of wisdom as always. Have a great weekend, Shell. And thanks to everyone for listening in. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Joel. Thanks again for listening to another episode of The Dynamic Leader. There is no better time than now to work through your leadership and people strategy, to establish what the future might look like for your business and how you might empower your people to help you succeed. It is through building the capability of your people and reducing their dependency on you that will keep you moving forward at pace and will see you remaining relevant in the future. I have worked with over 100 businesses across almost as many industries and seen firsthand the challenges that come with employing, engaging and managing staff. If you're looking to improve how you lead, why not reach out for a conversation? In the meantime, thanks so much for joining me and stay awesome.